You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. This episode is sponsored by the She Renovates Live one day conference where we focus on women transforming their lives with renovating. At the event, you'll have the opportunity to celebrate the passion for creating beautiful homes, to connect with other like-minded creators, to grow your skills, to fan your inspiration, and to be updated on what's working right now in our industry. This is an exclusive event being held on November the 1st in the gorgeous grounds of Alexandria Atrium in Sydney. The delightful Natasha Moy will be facilitating the conference and we have a lineup of truly engaging speakers such as Zoe Gilpin, the DIY decorator who's traveling all the way from Western Australia to share her wisdom and her hacks with us. And we also have a range of top speakers on all aspects of renovating and property from around the country. You'll be pampered with delicious grounds of Alexandria cuisine, goodie bags and prizes and so much more. As I said earlier, this is a very exclusive event and already 60% of tickets are gone. And so if you are planning to join us, please jump in and grab your spot at www.theschoolofrenovating.com forward slash she renovates live see you there hello there it's bernadette back with another episode of she renovates and today i am doing something with a difference so during the week i headed down to the coroma flagship store um, i think i mentioned this in an earlier episode and uh, to talk to one of the designers about the bathroom in the renovation that we are preparing for. And I really did it to get an understanding of what the service is that Coroma offers there so that I can be informed when I talk to my members about it. But I there was an unexpected spin-off from it and that's what I'm going to be talking today about because the thing is when you renovate to a property to sell you get feedback from your agent about what people are saying about the renovation the questions they ask and so on but it's often hard to get really direct feedback from your potential client. However when you're talking to someone who's working with people planning their bathrooms out on a daily basis you pick up a lot of intelligence and I actually picked up a lot of insights into what people are wanting in their wet areas at the moment and found that incredibly valuable. A lot of it was things that I are consistent with my thinking at the moment so I wasn't completely off track but uh, yeah it was really good to have that affirmation and 
Yeah, so I thought I would share that with you today because whenever we are doing a renovation, the bathrooms and the kitchens particularly are very expensive areas and you want to make sure that if you do, say, a bathroom and you do have to sell your home in, in the not distant future, that it is going to have broad appeal and it's going to please the buyers. And so this sort of intelligence really helps. So I've got 10 things to share with you. Now, before I do that, I uh, want to share what, you know, how my week's been going and it's been going really, really well. Firstly, dry July is over. Oh my gosh, thank goodness for that. I think like I really didn't notice it until about the last three days and then I was thinking I really wish this was over and all of a sudden it was. So that's really awesome. So I've got quite a few little social outings lined up for the next couple of weeks, which is a lot of fun. Not that I can't have fun without wine, but you know what? Wine always makes things nicer. So there you go. That's me. The next thing is I'm moving along with the plans for our um, Charmer Street renovation. And yeah, so I've got the scopes of work done. So now I'm getting quotes for the uh, from the trades so that we can really finalise our costings, which of course is really how you make the money. I'm watching the market. Market's quite patchy at the moment. So yes, let's see how we go with that. One of the things that we do in our FISO is we work out what the project is costing us per day to hold. And I know that my per day holding cost is quite reasonable. So that's really comforting. So, you know, because in these times you do need to have your plan B ready. So I'm feeling quite confident about that. The other thing I have noticed, and it only dawned on me yesterday, I only have two properties on Airbnb at the moment, and I was thinking, wow, all our bookings are long-term. Like, we've got people staying for months, not nights. And I realised that uh, when we opened it up again, I asked Judy to make the minimum stay a week, okay? And I was thinking that I would probably have long gaps in you know if I was making it a week if I didn't open it up for shorter periods of time I was actually thinking that I would have to open up for shorter periods of time to fill in the gaps but it's been booked solidly and this is what I think I think that when you make the minimum stay a long stay it actually puts off well it doesn't show up for people that are booking one or two nights and so that means that it stays free for someone that's wanting to put, book a long stay because it hasn't been filled up with one and two night stays. So I'll keep you posted. But so far, like both of them are booked well into September. So that's working out quite well. The other thing I should mention is with a lot of our students, we have quite a few oh, just I'm going to preface this by saying I would not be starting an Airbnb business now. So please don't take this as being Airbnb is definitely the way to go. It is under normal circumstances. It's an absolute game changer. But at the moment, because, you know, life is so unpredictable and we're getting locked down every two minutes, then you need to be, you know, it does make negotiating the landscape a bit tricky. 
But I have noticed that a lot of our students who have businesses, Airbnb businesses, have become quite creative and established markets other than Airbnb. So I, I did actually have one say to me that her, her business is doing better than before COVID. It's really nice to hear a positive story coming out of it. Okay, so and lastly, I have been a little bit naughty and I've actually taken on a job that I didn't think I would, but I'm also very excited about it. So I've never actually done a renovation other than my own renovations. It's always been my project. And I was approached by one of our buyer's agents to, and she asked if we would renovate one of her investors' properties. And I thought about and I was going to say no in fact I was thinking of ways I could politely say no and and then I thought you know what this is a great opportunity for Wonder Women if we can develop a plan for this make sure that we cover our risk then it's a good opportunity um, for our Wonder Women to blossom and so I had a chat to Odette who is one of you know, one of the Wonder Women, and said to her, what do you think about this? Do you want to navigate this together? And if it works out, then we are in a position to take on other jobs because really our skills absolutely rock anyone else that would come along and do this job because we are so focused on managing the value of the property and making sure it comes out worth significantly more than what we spend then, you know, it seems to be a no-brainer. And so I did a proposal for the client. And so guess what? We've got our first job. So I'm, I'm excited about that because of the opportunities it opens up for my community. Odette's excited. She's at uni at the moment. And so being able to do renos instead of the other crummy part-time work that's around at the moment will be an absolute deal changer. So let's see how that goes. Okay, so into this week's 10 things that I know about what people want in bathrooms or wet areas as a result of a trip to the Coroma flagship store. Now, we met with the delightful Mimi, who is an interior designer, a very accomplished interior designer who helps people make their sanitary wear and tap wear um, choices. Now, for those of you who don't know, sanitary wear is the white stuff in a bathroom and toilet. So the basins, the bath, the toilet suite. And so the first thing I discovered, so I was going down the road of not wanting to go with tap wear that was particularly on trend so that the project had longevity. I was actually thinking of the brushed nickel might be a nice finish. And I discovered that 95% of people designing their bathrooms go with chrome, which absolutely blew me away. So still beautiful designs, but going with something that's not going to date. So if that's what people choose for themselves, then we probably need to be thinking about that too. I think most people, I, I'm actually really surprised that people still specify black tapware because, you know, it's been around for a long time and I think it's been around for long enough for uh, people to know that it chips and it is going to date and quite quickly, like everything dates 
with time but you you know there's nothing worse than being stuck with you know last decades on trend thing so whether i switch to from to chrome from nickel i'll make that decision prior to putting the order in but yeah it's definitely worth considering so the next thing that i learned is that men tend to prefer rectangular basins and so on shapes whereas with hard corners whereas women prefer the softer more organic shapes the you know the round basins so things that don't look the shapes aren't too hard I guess that sort of makes sense and because we renovate more for women then of course we need to keep that in mind the style that I think is a really good middle ground is the you know the basins that are rectangular but that have those soft rounded edges so I certainly think they're quite on trend and have universal appeal the next thing that we talked about was sinks kitchen sinks so there's a big movement away from undermount sinks that makes my heart sing because I've never really liked them but people are or the public are one concerned about chipping that's putting big pots into an undermount sip sink <coughs> means that it can be quite prone to chipping because the edge is weaker and also concern around harboring microorganisms which I think in these COVID days uh, is very relevant I personally have always worried about the cleanliness of that sort of crease or join between the sink and under the stone and so now more people are going through the overmount so where they actually have the lip of stainless steel that folds out onto the stone of course porcelain sinks are very popular as well but it needs to be we can't use a porcelain sink in our project because it's just not suitable for the market if I was doing a project in the suburbs or I was doing it in a house that was likely to have a family I would definitely go that way but no we're, we've definitely got to stick with the stainless steel next thing is no drain board most prefer not to have the drain board mainly because it takes up a lot of bench space makes the sink look bigger than it needs to be and as most of us put our dishes in a dishwasher you really don't need a drain board of course two sinks or one and a half sinks is is almost essential because if you've got a sink full of water you can't empty something out but also the sinks coming that come with accessories like a um, chopping board to go over it to create more bench space are also gaining popularity so definitely worth thinking about in your project so the next revelation is that toilet suites can be purchased in two different heights that there is a taller style of toilet suite for elderly people and especially tall people which um, is something that I was not had not been aware of and I certainly think if you're looking at downsizing properties you know properties for downsizers or people that struggle with mobility that would certainly be something that you would look at point six is heated floors Mimi shared with me that a lot of bathroom renovators are going for heated floors because it is so inexpensive 
that it's often cheaper to put a heated floor in than a heated towel rail. Now, I'm still with the heated towel rail, to be honest, because I think in a family bathroom, it's almost a necessity. Otherwise, you're ending up with wet towels, particularly in the winter months, lying around, and I don't really fancy drying them on the floor. Uh, but if you're going for that absolute luxury finish in your project, then it might be something that you consider. I, I'm actually really surprised that people in Sydney actually install it because I find it very hard to see the need. But apparently it is a thing. And so if you're going for a, you know, luxury appointments, then you might um, consider that. It goes into the bedding in the under the tiles, the sand and cement bedding. So, yeah, there you go. Who knew? Actually, my daughter got a new car oh, sometime last year and she said it had heated seats and I thought, that is absolutely ridiculous. But she does live in Melbourne. And then I drove her car when I was down there and I thought, actually, this is quite nice. In the dead of winter, it is really lovely to have heated seats. So I'm guessing it's same deal with the floor in the bathroom. Next point, using hooks instead of a hand towel rail. I like this idea because it's quite a nice look to have your hand towel hanging off a hook, especially if you go something for something that's quite luxurious or fringed. And rather than having that, um, you know, standard old hand towel rail for the hand towel by the basin. I have actually seen quite a few design designers use hooks instead of towel rails full stop. So it's going to take more than that to get me to dispense with my heated towel rail. But there you go. It, it's uh, quite a nice look. So the next thing we talked about is um, shower configurations. So this surprised me as well. So a shower that has both a rain head and a um, handheld, so the, the complete assembly, that is very appealing and popular amongst bathroom renovators. I personally don't like the rain head because it means that you can't have a shower without washing your hair. However, by having both, that means you have the best of both worlds. So if you're only going to have one, like you're only going to have either a rain head or a handheld, a handheld is preferable because it serves a lot of uses. So you can have a shower without washing your hair. You can use it to clean the shower. So you can hose down the shower, which is essential. And then just for general use. First preference is both. If that's not in your budget, then just go for the handheld. And then lastly is just the rain head, but that's not preferable. The next point was that the back-to-wall freestanding bath is has risen in popularity. Now, so that's where you have a freestanding bath, but it looks like it's attached on the wall side. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean to be need to be attached. In fact, often they are still installed where they're not attached. However, I think my preference would be to silicon that joint between the bath and the um, wall so that you couldn't have you know, dust and things falling down there. I think most people are concerned about how you clean around a freestanding bath. 
and normally freestanding you can actually pull it out and clean behind it I guess that's a decision you make when you're installing it we're actually putting a back to wall freestanding bath in Chalmers Street so I think it's a very it's a really the best of both worlds between the um, inset and the freestanding and then the last point is that we now have high-tech systems for bathrooms and so this is another thing that I think is uh, suitable for the bathroom of the future uh, may not be suitable for all for-profit for renovations because obviously it needs it may blow the budget but bathrooms where you don't need to press a button to flush the toilet, you don't need to press a button to turn the water on, the, the tap, you just, you know, like a commercial bathroom. And also it has a panel on the wall that will tell you how much water you're using so that you can, yeah, monitor your water use. There you go. That's the um, state-of-the-art renovated bathroom. So that was the outcome of my trip to the Coroma flagship store. And I think if you've got a minute and you're in the area, so either in Sydney, in Alexandria, or in Adelaide, believe it or not, on the parade in Norwood, drop in and have a look because it's really amazing bathroom inspiration. Okay, so that's it for this week. Next week, I have got an interview a special interview. I'm not going to tell you who, I'm just going to keep it a surprise. Between now and then, there's lots of exciting things happening. Now, I really want to, I just feel so energized when I read the reviews of the She Renovates podcast. Sometimes I have to pinch myself. I think when I first started this podcast, I thought, who on earth is going to listen to my boring voice? And it just blows me away that you not only listen to it, but that you actually get great value out of it. And that's what you tell me. And it just makes my heart skip a beat because I, if you haven't noticed, my passion is to make a difference. I want everyone that I come in contact with to leave better off having had that encounter. Thank you so much for listening. I really um, am so grateful to you. And thank you for those who have left me a review. I love them. I love reading them. And thank you for taking the time. And on that note, I'm going to leave you. And I'll look forward to seeing some of you in the She Renovates Facebook group, where I'll be doing my live tomorrow. And if you're not a member, please come over and join. The more the merrier. And on that note, Goodbye and see you next week. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.